This is Rennie Knopf with ChampionshipBBQ.tv, and you're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and... Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. Welcome to the Barbecue Central Show, the show where we talk about all things that are important in the world of barbecue. From big-name interviews with competitors on the barbecue circuit, grill manufacturers and pit makers, to advice on cooking brisket and ribs, you'll find it all right here on the Barbecue Central Show. Your host, Greg Rempe, is a backyard barbecue and grilling fanatic and loves to talk about his passion, which many of us share together. You can learn more about barbecue and grilling by visiting the website, thebbqcentral.com. Now, let's get in the smoke. Here's your program host, Greg Rempe. Hey gang, welcome to another edition of the Really Big Barbecue Central Show. A little bit behind, apologize. Racing in from the day job slash night job. Had to close them. Remember the last time I've had to close on a Tuesday, but tonight was the night. Apologies. Got a lot to get to in the opening segment. If you want to jump in on the show tonight, 877-448-0433. Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com. I am your humble host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you aboard here. We broadcast live and direct from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio, rapidly becoming known as the barbecue capital of the North Coast. All right, let me get my items together here. Racing at last minute. Uh, 14 past the hour, Ed Hamlin coming up from Grill Innovations. He's the maker of the grill plate, the creator of the grill plate, so we're going to be talking to him about that product and uh, some other things that he's got going on in the barbecue and grilling industry. 35 past the hour, Malcolm Reed from Killer Hogs is going to be joining us, and we're going to be talking to Malcolm about how to some tips that he has for buying your first smoker. Some of us are in an area of a country where we might be able to take advantage of cooking any time, any year around, and you might be getting into that first purchase of a cooker. You're going to finally step up and, and get into this culinary delight that we all pine for and do everything that we do when we do it for barbecue, and Malcolm will help us give us some tips on how to buy that first smoker. Uh, second hour, we did have Scott Nelson lined up. No. Get that big stuff out of here. It's not going to be Scott Nelson. It is, however, filling in very kindly Dave Bosco from Butcher Barbecue. And 35 past the hour of 10 o'clock, we have venerable food blogger Patio Daddio BBQ.com John Doss. Big show planned. Quickly, let me go to the hotline for email. Jeff Stiff checking in. Greg, Operation Barbecue Relief, going to set up something in Jefferson County, Alabama. Could you get a mention or squeeze in for a five minutes up front? Can't do the squeeze in because I just got in five minutes myself. But if you are looking to donate to Operation Barbecue Relief, uh, you can do two things. 816-590-5057. Or oper- um, go ahead and visit the website, operationbbqrelief.org. That's operationbbqrelief.org. Go ahead, somebody link that up for me. If you want to go ahead and donate to their cause or setting up, this is exactly what they do when things are going south in regards to Mother Nature and Natural Disasters Operation Barbecue Relief sets up to help feed those victims and the people that have been displaced. So, Jeff, I apologize. 
uh, for just getting this late, but I'm in late in myself. But uh, check them out, OperationBBQRelief.org. They do great work. They did all that stuff down there in Joplin, Missouri last year, and it looks like the folks in Alabama might be coming into something. So, Jeff, good on your brother. Or they do have a barbecue sauce review. And let me make sure that I'm doing this correctly. This sent to me by Cody Evans. This is called uh, Bodacious Barbecue Sauce. This is out of Texas. More specifically, White Oak, Texas. Or perhaps that's just where they send it from. This is a barbecue sauce. You can take the bodacious flavor and our distinctively unique barbecue sauce home with you. I did peruse the ingredients list. And I didn't see anything that really scared me too much, which is good. We all know that there's that one little item that I am not a fan of. So again, we are trying the Bodacious Barbecue Sauce. I believe if you go to like BodaciousBBQ.com, you would be able to find there. Just Google Bodacious Barbecue. I believe that comes right up. All right, so we're taking the cap off here. Set that off to the side. Sniffy sniff. Okay, so it's not liquid smoke that I'm smelling, so everybody just back off because I made that weird face. Okay. And uh, we'll do a little uh, color test for you. So it's kind of uh, almost mustardy and yellow. Uh, Great viscosity on this. These are the kind of sauces that I like. Um, Not overly thick coming out. Move this off to the side a little bit. And I'm uh, looking, it's almost kind of uh, a red a little bit, I suppose, to a certain degree. Here's your viscosity check. You can see some specks in there of flavor. Coats a spoon nice. There it is. Go ahead and try that again for you. This is it falling off at regular speed. Mmm. Can't wait to try it. I can't tell if that is vinegar. <clears throat> Or what? There's a very distinct... Maybe it's just like the, the ketchup-y, vinegary thing happening. Not sure. All right, let me double-check here. Here we go. Big taste test. Drum roll. Hmm. Wow. That is very unique. Uh, I mean, I like it just because there's no liquid smoke in it now. I got to be honest. Um, There is a little bit of a uh, bite. There's a flavor in here that I cannot place, unfortunately. Is it mustard or just ketchup? Hmm. I don't know. I think... Honestly, uh, this is a, a very good sauce. If you can find it, I would definitely give it a try. Um, definitely on beef for sure. I mean, Texas is traditionally known as more of a beef place anyway. Would go good on sausage as well. There's a good spice mix in here. Probably the bottle of rub that they sent me also is probably in the Bodacious barbecue sauce. There's a nice little very mild heat component at the end, which I like. Definitely some black pepper in there. 
Um, and then, you know, your traditional barbecue sauces or your traditional barbecue spices that are in. But again, I, I like it because it's not overly thick. And it has got a very unique flavor. This is definitely going to be a, a beef first, possibly pulled pork. Definitely beef ribs for sure. And I love beef ribs, man. Beef ribs, some of my all-time favorite barbecue. I'm trying to look to see if I can find a place to, to send you to check it out on the interwebs. And I can't. So go ahead and Google it up. Uh, Bodacious BBQ if you want to try a sauce that uh, I'm not uh, super blown away by it. But it is it is definitely one that if you can come across it, if you're looking for something a little bit unique, B-O-D-A-C-I-O-U-S, Bodacious Barbecue Sauce. I did Google it myself earlier, and I did find it pretty much right away. Uh, so check it out if you're looking for something that's a little bit unique. Who am I to sit here and tell you that it wouldn't be good or, or it would be good? I think I, I'm very excited to try it, especially uh, on the blank canvas that is chicken as well. So there you go. Bodacious barbecue. Thanks to Cody for turning me on to this. Go ahead. Try it. What do you think? A little different. Yeah, there's a definite secret taste tester in the house as well. And she can't put her finger on that flavor either so go ahead and try it out cody appreciate you uh getting that hookup for me very excited to try that rub as well but definitely give it a try unique kind of an outside the box sauce here um it's tangy definitely tangy and it's got that little back end heat which i absolutely love as well so check it all right uh here we go i apologize beards for barbecue update guess what no more beard maybe you didn't notice that yeah there's no more beard and what can i tell you some things are more important than others. We'll leave it at that. However, that doesn't change the fact that I did get my 15 miles in. Thank you. And where are you people at? Where are your beard for barbecue updates? Anybody hitting the treadmill? Anybody doing P90X? Anything like that? What you? What are you up to? I'm encouraged. I want to know. So please fill me in, and remember, we're in this together. So as long as I keep doing this, this is as long as you're going to hear about it. Come on, look at Patrick, down seven pounds. Patrick, look at you. It's almost a half a pound a day. It's actually less than that. Step it up, Patrick. Come on. Neil riding a bike today. Look at you. Neil, got to work on that heat suit. All right, friends, let me tell you about Draper's Bark. As good as Bodacious Barbecue Sauce was, and I appreciate that, i got to tell you about my good friend Shane Draper. He is a third-generation barbecue owner, company owner, located in Kentucky in between Memphis and Kansas City. Shane Draper wanted to create a line of products that represents both cities as well as flavor profiles of his home. Draper Smoking Sauce is a savory with a touch of sweetness, tangy with some heat, and its balanced yet complex blend of spices is just at home on the competition trail as it is grilling in your backyard. Now, Smokin' Sauce brought home many, many trophies in 2011. They're gearing up for a great year this year in 2012. And you can find them on the front lines against the overly sweet flavor profiles. The battle lines have been drawn, folks, and Draper's is on the forefront. Now, Draper's Barbecue also has a fantastically versatile rub, simply as known simply as AP Rub. The AP is short for all purpose. It is a great flavor enhancer on any protein, but it can also be used on popcorn, 
French fries, salads, onion rings, soups, chowders, Chex Mix, baked potatoes, of course, dredges for those fish fries and chicken fries. Your imagination, basically, its only limitation. AP's rub balance of savory, salty, sweet, and heat make it great on virtually anything. Smoke and sauce and AP rub are great products when they're standing alone, but really shine when used together. The dovetail of the two flavor profiles make a completely different and even more complex flavor profile that will keep the judges thinking about your entry long after they have put it down. And it'll make it come back for second and third bites now, so don't even think about it. If you're a backyard guy, don't worry about it. This will keep your friends and neighbors coming back wondering, how can I make barbecue just like Shane? Or how can I make barbecue just like Grumpy? Well, you use the Draper's products together, and they will be twisting and turning all night long. You can find Draper's products in three different areas on the Internet. DrapersBBQ.com, BBQAddicts.com, or BBQProShop.com. All trusted Draper's resources. You can also find Draper's Barbecue on Facebook and Twitter. Shane, always available for questions and to help competitions with flavor profiles. You have a local store you want Draper's Barbecue products in? Send Shane an email. Info at DrapersBBQ.com. Always adding new stores in new markets. You could learn, learn. You could earn free stuff from Shane himself just for the tidbit of information. Draper's Barbecue, when they say three generations of pride in a bottle, they mean it. It's DrapersBBQ.com coming back with Ed Hamlin of Grill Innovation. Stand by. Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com are the ways to get in touch with the show. Don't forget uh, Malcolm Reed coming up at 35 past the hour, Dave Bosca second hour, and John Dawson as well. But let's go ahead. Joining me now, the creator of a unique product for your gas grills. He's been on the show once before. He also has done a number of giveaways as well. Creator of the grill plate, Ed Hamlin joining us on the show. Ed, how are you, buddy? I'm doing uh, great, Greg. How you doing? Doing absolutely fantastic. I'd appreciate you making time for the show tonight. Uh, before we get into the product itself, perhaps a little background about yourself for the folks that don't know you, and then we can kind of get into where the grill plate came into fruition, all that good stuff. Yeah, I, uh, I've got a, another company. Uh, we've got a couple of uh, patents, so I'm kind of a little inventor and, uh, you know, try to keep things going, but I have a love of cooking and, uh, Naturally, I love of grilling because it's uh, we all have that competitive nature, I guess. And uh, one day we were uh, doing some cooking, and uh, I was running out of time. And I said, "Well, you know, I've got this hamburger meat, and I got some onions, and I can't sit out there and flip burgers, so I'm going to go ahead and uh, make up a meatloaf." And I thought it was an ingenious idea at the time. And then I put it on the grill, put it on low, and 
I turned into a big piece of charcoal. And then I started thinking, oh, that was brilliant. What are you thinking? You know, five-pound hamburger you can't flip. That's what a meatloaf is. So the guys were ribbing me pretty hard about it, and uh, I decided to come up with a way around it. So that's how we came up with a grill plate. And uh, it's got a unique design because it doesn't let the heat rise. It actually forces it sideways and creates a convection effect without a fan. So we started getting in a couple different things, and uh, you know, due to your show and being able to be on it and, and uh, get a bunch of emails for some people who came up with some really ingenious uh, challenges for us. We did the three challenges where we gave away some grill plates, and um, they went on after that. We got even some more challenges, which uh, you know, we were in, in debt to your show, actually, over that, because we found out some things that were really, really interesting about the grill plate that we haven't brought up yet. And let me interrupt uh, here just for a second. Um, yes. For the people that maybe haven't seen it, if you could kind of give us that mental picture of you know what the unit is, what it's made out of, and what the purpose of it is. Yeah, sure. It's uh, If you could imagine a, a plate that is 16 inches by 12, and that's the size of a large turkey pan, and it's made out of... Um, a quarter inch aluminum, basically, and it's an inch high, and what happens is the bottom has got a shape of a V in it, and the top is flat, and what that does is that gives you an air gap, um, but being 12 inches and having basically uh, like a side to stand on, you know, as it sits flat, um, as the heat rises, it actually gets forced sideways, and with most gas, actually all gas grills, you know, people say that they're convection, and they're really not convection, they're just radiant heat. And that's why on a lot of gas grills, by the way, the propane comes in, you'll have hot and cold spots by where the propane comes in. The advantage of the grill plate is it basically grabs that, stops it from coming up, and since it goes sideways, it blends the heat really well. Uh, we've actually come up with a couple, uh, actually a newer design where we actually went to a thinner piece on the top and dimpled it for continuous baking and our newest surprise that I'll tell you in a, in a couple of minutes. All right, so as you're using this, obviously, is this specific for gas grills or something that you could use on a charcoal grill as well? Yeah, you can use it on a charcoal grill. Um, you can use anything that you can control the heat on. And like a lot of things, like when we're doing lasagna, you know, we're, we're doing lasagna for an hour, you know, hour and a half. You know, the au gratin potato is a little tougher because it's a higher temperature um, on, a, on a charcoal grill. Um but, you know, once the coals are hot, you know, you don't have that, you know, that much of a smoke flavor unless you really want the smoke flavor in the cheese. Um, but, you know, for easier things, you know, meatloafs, you know, something that's a half hour, 45 minutes, you'd have no problem. You know, if you're going to do a turkey on a charcoal grill, you got to really stay on top of it to keep the temperature. That's why it's a little bit easier with the gas grill. But, I mean, it works on any of them. Uh, we've got a round one that's actually we're going to be showing at the HPBA show this year. Um, and... Uh, a lot of people don't know that you have one of our first experimental little round grills or grill plates. And uh, that, was, uh, that was another interesting story how that one came about. Um, but what we did now is we actually put dimples in the top of it. And what that does is allow you to get extended baking. We started doing all these competitions and, and challenges and stuff. Um, and it got really interesting um, with the challenges because we go up there and say, okay, well, you know, you're going to make, you know, cookies. Well, now you got to make biscuits. Well, on the older versions of the plate, what would happen is the top of the plate would start to get a little hot. So we'd, you know, have to let it cool down so we wouldn't burn the bottom of something. But if you were doing something, you know, uh, like I say, uh, all rotten potatoes or you're doing chicken or turkey or whatever, 
um, once it was on, it didn't it didn't bother it. Uh, but we wanted to be able to put something on and then just say, okay, I'm going to do a pie, I'm going to do biscuits, I'm going to do bread, I'm going to do whatever. And then uh, again, thanks to your show, we had a uh, um, uh, actually a run of where we never lost a competition. <laughs> and then a friend of mine, Jay, had come up and. He does this really good Cuban pork. So anybody out there that knows how to make a really good Cuban pork, send me the recipe. <laughs> um, <laughs> and that would be to uh, grillinnovations at AOL.com. Well, unbeknownst to me, when you're doing a Cuban pork, it's got, uh, as my buddy would say, well, it's got some spices here and there, and it's got some garlic and some saffron. And uh, you go ahead and bake it and... It's got to be that wireless internet connection, I swear. Did he just drop off altogether? There he is. All right. Give me a give me a second to get him back up here. Oh, God. Sound effects are the worst, I swear. Good Lord. It's got to be the... Is that the most annoying ringer ever? Jeez, oh, Pete. Hold on a second. Let's see if we can't get him up. Oh, jeepers. If I'm not completely incorrect in remembering what I remember, because sometimes I will misremember. There are, I think when we had him on the last time we ran into issues with uh, bandwidth, I think what happens is you get on the wireless. This is, a, maybe you recall, folks. People ask, how come I'm not out there doing a wireless broadcast from a bunch of different locations? This is exactly why. Uh, I'm, I'm going to guess that he is on a, a wireless connection. And wireless is never 100% reliable. When I'm plugged in to the back of my computer, I know for a fact that I am ready to go. That I am plugged in and it's going to be solid connection all the way through. We'll give uh, that another call here and see if we can't raise him up I, I like the product myself it's nice especially um at least for us in the warmer months I know, i'm not a huge fan of firing up the oven and having it overheat the house so the product itself is absolutely fantastic and you know, especially in the winter the warmer months so all right looks like we got ed back eddie back with us yeah, yeah, I don't know what happened there. Okay. Yeah, that's all right. Probably, uh, you know, when the, the video takes up a lot of bandwidth. And uh, are you on a wireless internet connection? Yeah, actually, I'm on two of them right now. There you go. All right. So I want to make sure that we. What's that? Um, I said I want to make sure we didn't have any problem. And then. <laughs> there we go. We have that little. Yeah. No problem. All right. Technology. So, so you were saying that you were getting a, a Cuban pork challenge, as it were. Yeah, yeah, and uh, it wasn't actually a challenge. It was my buddy Jay coming over, and he'd watched us do all kinds of things on the grill plate. And then he says, well, you know, what about this or that? So it's like, Jay, we, you know, we're just going to whip out everything. It's not going to be a problem. Well, he comes in and brings over his famed Cuban pork, and it's really, really good. And he still won't give me the recipe for it. Um, <laughs> Who is this guy for crying out loud? He needs to share. That's what it's all about. Yeah, I know, man. I just, I got to abuse him a little bit or something, but, um, yeah, he just wouldn't give it up. Um, but, uh, so that's why I have, I have to get your guys to come up with one for me so I can uh, take it over to him and, and, and embarrass him. There you go. But, uh, 
if you've never made a Cuban pork before, and I never did, uh, he brings it over, and I said, well, what temperature? He goes, 350. So I set it at 350, pop the plate down. We sit out back for about three and a half, four hours, and I lift it up. And we actually have these pictures on the website. And uh, I said, okay, what do you think? He goes, oh, yeah, it's done. I said, okay, great. And uh, I said, I'll pull it and let it rest. He goes, no, no, no. Flip it over and broil it. Mm-mm. Excuse me? <laughs> yeah. He says, Flip it over and broil it. You got to get the skin crispy. You got to have crackling. Right. And I and I'm looking at him like, how are you expecting me to broil on this grill? And Greg, I swear, he looks at me like the cat that ate the canary, and just smiled from ear to ear. And I said, "You son of a." I said, "This was all just a plan, just to make the grill play." So, <laughs> yep. So I started started thinking about it and when i first came up with a grill plate i i had torture tested it because you got one of the first ones and i said you know i put 800 degrees to it and it wouldn't flinch so i thought about it for a second thought how it was designed and i said well see what happens so i crank all my burners up close the lid back down because what are you doing i go i'm gonna see if it broils and he just went what and uh, it broils slower than an oven but that makes it nice so now we've got the ability not only to be able to bake without indirect, so we don't have to sit there and lift the grill and move the thing around or right. whatever. Right. It's basically, you set it, drop it in just like your oven, and you sit back and you know, have a beer or five with your friends. Um, and then when you want to broil, just crank it all the way to the sky and just keep an eye on it. So we started making like a broiled cheese bread, a little recipe I stole from the uh, bubble room, where it's actually mayonnaise and Parmesan cheese. Mm. And you can do it on bread and then kind of ice, ice it like a cake. And then you broil it, and the oil comes out of the cheese and makes a nice bubbly uh, topping for it. And, uh, the first person that got introduced to it was J.M. Uh, from Celebrity Grill. And we had done. Ed. Evidently, we need three internet connections. Get that big stuff out of here. <clears throat> oh, my Lord. Somebody's got to step it up. Somebody needs AT&T in Florida. <laughs> I wanted to have him on because he's going down to HPB, which I believe is in Atlanta. So I don't know if any of you are out there in the Atlanta area, but he's going to be out there at the uh, HPB Expo. So we definitely want to encourage you to go out and see him if – you're going to be out in that area. Does anybody have any plans to go out to HPB Expo? I don't. I know why. Because they don't have hardwired internet. That's right. Beat it. Bitches. All right. Here we go. We'll try it again. Ed. <laughs> I was going to say, it can't be me. I got two signals. I'm running uh, two wireless lines. Uh, all my stuff is hardwired in. I learned my lesson the hard way. So somewhere in the Man. middle, uh, we're, we're not uh, hooking up. Nevertheless, yeah, it's go. the Florida weather. Continue. <laughs> so uh, um, we basically take the salmon and cut the skin off of it and cut the oil line off of it. And I just got it, you know, baking in the grill. And Jonathan's looking over there and kind of snickering because he's got this really good sauce he's doing. And then I pull out the mayonnaise and the Parmesan cheese, but I add jumbo lump crab meat on top oh. of it. Oh, my. And then after it gets done... I layer it out and then broil it up, and it's just phenomenal. Um, and then after that came along, we started getting some really interesting challenges, um, some that were uh, 
really interesting. <laughs> uh, I had one guy, his name's Bob Lee, and I was talking to him, and he says, well, can that thing do a hamburger an inch and a half thick, cook on that plate, cook it through and through without flipping it? I said, yeah, I cook a meatloaf. And he goes, but you, can you do the burger? <laughs> I said, I guess. So uh, we actually did a burger. It was an inch and a half thick. Um, it was yeah, a, an average size burger. Well, I'm six one and two seventy, so the average size burger for me is kind of big. Sure. Um, <laughs> so it's an inch and a half thick. Well, it actually grew to an inch and three quarters. And we've got the pictures wow. and stuff that we're going to put on the web. Um, but it cooked in sixteen minutes. Wow. And what? And you had it uh, your grill fully on then at that point. Uh oh. Uh-oh. You know, I'm trying to figure out. Is it me? It can't ever be me. Well, we're going to know come next segment. We're going to know. All right. Anyway, uh, Ed is going to be at the uh, HPBA, which is Home Hearth Patio Barbecue association it's probably not actually any of that to be honest i don't know uh but he's going to be out there in march he's going to have his grill plates uh i wanted to see okay hold on one second here we go ed yeah all right here we go okay all right so let's uh let me let me move away from the challenges here just for a second uh because we're kind of rapidly running out of time here with the technical issues but uh, you had mentioned that in march you were going to be at the hpba expo are you going to be at a booth by yourself are you going to be teamed up with somebody give us a lowdown there we're going to have uh mitten grills is giving us some grills um and we're going to be displaying and featuring those grills and we're going to be doing all the other things that we were talking about we're actually do uh creme brulee on the grill without mm. using the top. We're going to do the burgers. We're going to do uh, pizza, uh, actual pizzas, show people how to make those. So if anybody's there, come on by and say hi. And uh, we're going to do um, grilled pork tenderloin with Westline Hollandaise. Uh, we're going to do uh, some scallops and a wine reduction. So we're going to have a whole bunch of uh, things. Um, we're bouncing around trying to get going. And it's, you know, love to have people come by and say hi. I know we're going to see Ray Lampy there. And uh, I gotta get, gotta give a shout out to a grilled girl, uh, Robin and uh, JM again, for always uh, you know helping me out and uh, keeping things going. And uh, if uh, anybody else can give us a challenge that uh, they'd like to see, you know, fired up, and uh, let's see if we can come up with something uh, even tougher for the grill plate, and then I can learn some more about it. Uh, the website, by the way, grillinnovations.com. Uh, so for the people that are wondering, you know, maybe they've been to the website, give us uh, price points and are there any other items that you're thinking about creating and introducing to the world here at, I actually have a third, um, patent, um, on a different product that I'm going to be talking to uh, Minden girls about and see if they want to go in with it on me. Mm-hmm. It's not anything that I can bring up right up, but, uh, we're trying to get the price points down on the, uh, round grill plate but if anybody contacts us from your show and they want a grill plate we the, our normal price is uh, 69.95 which is shipping to them anywhere mm-hmm. but we'll take another twenty dollars off if they mention you all right mention so they me. Get up to 49.95 plus the shipping anywhere and it's usually about 20 bucks so we're trying to get it down and and just you know you're, you're great and uh, we love being on your show 
uh, and anything that we can do to have, uh, you know, have your, uh, your listeners, uh, uh, you know, talk to us or buy something from us and talk about it and then get back with you again. That'd be great. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, gang, if you are paying close attention, you know Ed likes challenges, especially if you've been to the website and seen some of his past challenges. Uh, dream up your wildest, wickedest, most unbelievable creation that you think couldn't be made on a grill, and it'll be more than happy to put that to its pace and see if the grill plate will come out on top. And like you said, uh, 99, 95% of the time, you are uh, in, a, in a winning stance, except for your buddy who's, you know, maybe we should be looking at different friends there. But um, Yeah, well, he still lost because we still did the, uh, we broiled it. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, we yeah. broiled that uh, that Cuban pork. Absolutely so, awesome. Uh, and it, it, it's actually on the website. But that was the only one we almost ever did lose. Um and like I said, we did that creme brulee where we did a creme brulee on the grill and then did the uh, uh, sugar on top and then broiled the sugar without a torch. Just used the grill to do it. So yeah, it absolutely. came out pretty cool. It's going to be uh, – it's a, it's, a, it's a very unique product, and you want to go ahead and check it out. Again, the website is grillinnovations.com, and we are talking with the creator, Ed Hamlin. Ed, always appreciate the time. We'll talk to you soon, buddy. Thanks, Greg. Appreciate it. Have a good show. All right. Take care. There he is. Ed Hamlet joining us. Ugh, wow. Hey, technical issues. Beat it, technical issues. Um, let's see. I can throw that one out. I, man, I hate to say it, but I kept going back to the sauce because I'm very intrigued. Maybe it's is it? Maybe it's just the vinegar. Man, oh man. There is something about that. There is something about that that I absolutely like. I wish I could have had a, more of a refined palate like you guys do. But I don't. But I'm probably going to be eating that sauce quite a bit for the rest of the evening. All right, gang, let me tell you about longtime sponsor of the show, Fred Bonato of Fred's Music and Tasty Licks BBQ, the website tastylicksbbq.com. Okay, you've been hearing me talk about the two-day competition barbecue cooking school, March 10th and 11th. Todd Johns from Pork Pulling Plowboys is going to be out there and taking part in one of the most successful and winningest team captains on the competition barbecue circuit, one of the most sought-after instructors in the world. Teams that have taken his class have won the American Royal and the Jack Daniels Invitational Championship. It's sold out. However, Fred has told me that they are taking standby orders. Yeah! So go to tastylicksbbq.com. You can register for a standby reservation. That's right, it's a standby reservation. Fred had told me if they get enough standbys, they might be able to offer a second class as well. So if you've always wanted to take a competition cooking class, if you weren't able to get into Dave Bosca's class, you want to take something that is a no-holds-barred, completely open, help you get your barbecue better, then this is one that you might want to consider getting on the waiting list for because now it is all gone, all over, filled up for now. That's why you got to jump on these things when I tell you. TastyLicksBBQ.com. If you're going to be out in the world of Shillington, Pennsylvania this Saturday, you're going to want to stop by his store, Game Day Grillmaster Demonstrations. That's right. 
Learn how to make some great game day treats, and he will. Uh, Fred Bernardo will show you how, along with his guest of famous cookers. He's going to do the tasty licking chicken wings, the sweet and savory country ribs. You'll learn how to make some of the best country ribs you've ever had, quick and easy, wonderfully delicious when grilled to perfection. The cheesy buffalo chicken dip. Oh, are you kidding me? That's going to be this Saturday. 11 a.m. at the Shillington, Pennsylvania Barbecue Store. Check them out. Also, there's a new product that Fred is carrying, Ono Charcoal, made from 100%, is it Kaui wood? Hawaiian tradition of the famous luau and the famous barbecue families rich in history. Fred has it in his store, tastylicksbbq.com. Don't forget, 11 a.m. this Saturday, the game day grill master demonstration. We're coming back with... Malcolm Reed of Killer Hogs. Stick around. Get in the smoke. Call 877-448-0433 to get on the air. Now, here's your host, Greg Rampey. Big B, Moonshine Band, Suburban Voice Records. Let's go! I'm an outlaw, give me two shots. We don't need a radio, bring a jukebox. For my outlaws, bring me three shots. We can raise hell before the speed stops. I'm a whiskey drinking SOB. If you don't like that, then you won't like me. I'm an outlaw. I said I'm an outlaw. 37 past the hour. We are back and uh, just waiting to get with Malcolm Reed here. And just hopefully uh, things are calming down. I can't tell exactly where the technical difficulty was. So we'll try it. We go to Malcolm Reed from How to Barbecue Right. Malcolm, how are you, buddy? Hey, Greg. I'm doing great, man. How's it going? Good. Absolutely fabulous, Malcolm. Always appreciate you taking time for the show. Again, uh, Malcolm's website, well, he has two, killerhogs.com, which is the competition team, and then howtobbqwrite.com, which is a great newsletter that Malcolm is writing uh, pretty much on a very consistent basis. You've heard him on the show a number of times here last year. Uh, so first time in 2012. Couldn't be a better subject, Malcolm, because you have people that maybe got some extra Christmas money or this is the year that they decide that they're going to take the bull by the horns and get into or, or separate barbecue and grilling and, and get a barbecue pit. So with that said, you got to know how to buy it right the first time. So that's why I wanted to have you on. You wrote a great newsletter about what you need to know before buying a smoker. So go ahead and kind of give us an introduction as to some of the things that you think one has to take into account. And we'll dig into further from there. Yeah, well, um, you know, kind of when I got the idea to write this newsletter, I was I get a lot of emails about, you know, what to buy, what kind of pits to look for. A lot of people want to upgrade, or, or it might even be first-time uh, people getting into the barbecue. And, I, you know, I always, you know, I try to be honest with them, shoot them straight, just what I've, what I've found out over the years of my you know, downfalls, ups and downs, and buying equipment and all that. And you can get a lot of money tied up in it before you know it. Oh, yeah. So, what I, you know, my idea was that I was just going to write a little bit about what to look for, you know, and kind of need to go in with a little game plan instead of just going out and buying the first thing you see. All right, so the first thing that you were leading off with 
was what is the smoker going to be used for? Now, some people are going, well, duh, of course you're going to be smoking with it, but obviously it's a little bit more intricate than that. Oh, yeah. You, you, I mean, you have to ask yourself, you know, are you, you buying something that you're going to just be cooking in the backyard for friends or family, or are you thinking about, you know, you might get into a competition or, you know, try your hand catering a little bit? There's all kinds of, you know, things to think about, and that's what's important because that's where you get into your money, you know. If, if you're just looking for something for the backyard, you might, you know, look at building the EDS or, you know, just going out and getting a green egg or something, you know, that, that really works on a small scale. But where you get into your more professional style cookers, that's where you, you know, really start talking big bucks. So if you're somebody like me and I am more backyard than anything, and then it's some, and I have aspirations of catering, but I can't necessarily sit here and say that it's something that I would actually pursue. How do you do that flex of do I buy up? Do I buy just what I need? Well, usually, when I, you know, in that case, I would say you know, a good one to, to, for someone to have would be the Smoky Mountain Weber Smoky Mountains. I mean, those are great cookers. Um, if you know, if you, you can't really do a whole lot of catering on them, I mean, you can you know you can you can get a couple different models of those and you know have them running, but but what I'm what I'm talking about is kind of a smaller scale, you know. It's probably the way you cook at home right now, and that's just a good a good cooker to get in for the money at that price. Do, do you um, do you find also, that? I'm sorry, Malcolm. Do you find that uh, no matter how big of a cooker you get, once you get into it, nothing you have is ever going to be big enough. <laughs> that's that's the case most of the time. You know? <laughs> most most people get bit by the bug pretty bad, so. When you buy something, you're always going to want something bigger, and that's the way I was when I first got in it, too. All right, so when you're talking about uh, some of the smaller styles, the Weber Smoky Mountains, some of the ceramic grills, uh, smaller, not necessarily in price tag, although some aren't as expensive as others, what do you, yeah. I mean, what size would people want to be looking for uh, for a backyard? Some, I mean, what kind of a food accommodation should a cooker make? Well, what I like, you know, what I recommend is just something in the 22 and a half inch range. Um, the smaller ones, the 18 inches, are they're really a little too small. I mean, you can play around on them, but it's hard to get a full a full rack of ribs on them. Or you know, if you're going to try to cook two butts on them, you'll be fighting yourself. You really need that extra size to start out. You know, and um, you see a lot of models like these Brinkman side that's got the side firebox and things like that, and on Depot or Lowe's or somewhere else. And I, I kind of shy away from those because most of the ones that you find in the big box store aren't built with a lot of quality in mind. They're just meant to sell smokers. And you end up fighting the smoker the whole time. So if, if you do go ahead and go out and you know buy, spend a little money on a ceramic one or a Weber Smoky Mountain, you've got a little bit more quality. And it's in, it really, in the end, it makes a better product because you're not fighting the cooker as much. You, got, you can concentrate on your flavors you know, and on the wood you're burning and different things like that. Malcolm Reed joining us here on the show. HowToBBQRight.com is the website. You can go ahead and check out this newsletter that he just sent out about buying your smokers if you want to recap. One of the biggest items that people contend with right up front, and I could probably make an argument that it might actually be one of the last things that you want to consider, and a lot of people will laugh when I say this, but it's price. A lot of people want to jump right up front with that. I mean, obviously you have a budget you want to work within, but... That doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be getting the things that might be best fitting your needs. Do you find be the the same way? Yeah, I mean, that's the number one issue when it comes down to it. I mean, of course, everybody would like to say, well, I want to buy a smoker that I can feed anybody I want. But price is the ultimate factor. And so you got to really weigh that in there. Now, if, you know, if you're going to buy something that's going to last, I mean, you can kind of 
spread that cost out over a little while, but up front, it's you, you know you're looking at sinking a little chunk of money into something. I mean, um, especially for a competition style smoker, you see, I mean, a lot of them started a grand. You know, now there are some bottles out there that you can get a little bit cheaper. Um, I tell you one that I'm really liking now is the Meadow Creek. They they have some real good smokers they're coming on with, and if you hadn't checked them out, you might check their website out. And, but they have some actually hog cookers that are real reasonable. And, you know, trailer style cookers and uh, maybe they're smaller backyard units. But uh, I, don't, I don't get paid anything from them either. That's just the smoker I've been looking at here recently because I was trying to come up with a reasonable way to to help someone out. You know, that was that was kind of on a budget. Do you have uh, how many cookers do you have that you're using right now, Malcolm? Oh man, Let's <laughs> see, I've got. I've got a hog cooker, and I've got Old Hickory CTO, and I've got a Backwoods Party, and I've got three or four UDSs, and I've got Old Brinkman side to side out here that I've had for years. So I kind of got a parts pile, and I got a working pile. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. So here's, I guess, the next lead-in question, Malcolm. You're going to be buying one, maybe you're buying two. Uh, do you have to go through any type of special storage care when you're using these smokers, and I guess more importantly, when you're not using these smokers? You, you definitely have to think about where you're going to store it. I mean, that's another thing. If you buy something that's just going to sit out in the weather, it's going to tear up. I don't care if you, you know, you've got it on a trailer or whatever. I mean, I try. I keep my big cookers on a covered trailer and and do my best to keep them covered up through the winter months. And even when I know it's going to rain a lot, I'll try to cover them up. But if, if you don't take that extra care, you're just throwing money away. I mean, I like to I like to keep my UDSs in a garage if possible. You know, my backwoods party always sits in a garage instead of on the trailer. It really what what dictates is how you can store it is a the room if you have it and b how big is it if you can move it you know I like the I like the compact UDS and the party because it's easy for me to move them around with I mean just a hand truck I can set them on there real easy and wheel them wherever I need to you can even put casters on them I've seen but that's a you know important thing you got to think about all right so I'm ready to go how do I start looking to buy a new cooker, where's the best places to get a lot of information? Obviously, we're in internet age, so I imagine that would have to be one of the places to start with, right? Yeah, I would definitely say the forums and then the specific smoker um, websites for the manufacturers. And that would, I would just, you know, start looking around and gathering information, kind of get an idea of what you want to do. And that's, you know, that's kind of talking about the questions of what you're going to ask yourself, what, what the smoker going to be used for. But once you, you know, get a mind of what you're looking for, Go out to the contest. I mean, most people live, there's a contest somewhere close by, and just look around. I mean, I've been at contests where strangers have come up and just asked me to tell them about the cooker, and, and most pitmasters will always stop and talk to you as long as it's not during the judging. I mean, everybody's happy to brag on their equipment and give you their honest opinion, I mean, for the most part. I guess you run across some people, but, but I know I'm always out there to help someone, and I, I don't mind if people shoot me an email and ask me what I think about a cooker. I get it all the time. I mean, I've even had people ask about how to design one, which I can't tell you how to do that, but I know what I'd like one to do. All right, so do people have to consider the fuel source? There's wood burners, there's charcoal-driven, there's pellet. How do you go about trying to decipher which one would be best for you? Usually that, that's coming down to, if you're going to use it for contests, you're going to have to go something water, charcoal, fire, or pellet fire. You can't use the propane assist. But if you're cooking at home and, you know, propane assist is something you think you might like to get in a little extra sleep, um, I, I say go with it. Um, the pellet grills, they're, they're kind of just a nice feature to have too because you can get a little more rest on them. I mean, it's more about cooking the food than it is worrying with the fire. And, 
And pretty much that's what it amounts to. You have people that are just old school that want to burn wood and then want to burn charcoal. And then you get people that want to make it a little easier on themselves and worry about the other things that come along with cooking instead of just a fire. So that's it, kind of where you have to make a decision right there. Me, myself, I like I like a charcoal fire with wood for flavoring. I don't, I'm not a stick burner. But when I'm cooking on my CTO and, you know, and it's for a catering gig or something, of course, I have the, the gas on just because of a little extra added assurance. Malcolm Reed joining us here on the show talking about how to buy your first cooker. Um, so to kind of close this section up, Malcolm, anything else that you would like to add as far as when people are going out to buy that first cooker? I just think that, you know, it's a great idea to kind of go in informed, gather you some information, and, and don't just jump on the first thing you go. Go out and, and really see what that cooker's going to do. Talk to somebody that's had it for a few years. Because I know a lot of the ones I've had, you know, they're making a season. The cheaper models are making a season, and you'll be looking at spending and buying another one. So if you'll save a little bit of money and go in informed and make a good purchase, you'll be happy in the long run. All right, Malcolm, uh, obviously you've done very well in the Memphis Barbecue Network or – uh, you know, the the old Memphis-style uh, cooking competitions. I believe last year at some point you said you were starting to get a little bit more into the KCBS side of things. What does 2012 bring for the Killer Hogs team? We're we're actually targeting primarily KCBS contests. We're, me and my brother kind of got hooked on that. We uh, had a pretty good run last year and finished the season well and turned our brisket around and got our chicken where we want it, and things are just kind of coming together, so... We've kind of decided this year we're going to lay off them. We're going to do a few NBNs, but we're primarily going to cook KCBS. We've got about 12 cooks targeted. I hope to make the majority of them. You never know how it goes, but but that's where I'm leaning towards. Our first one will be in March, and uh, I'd love to make that big Vegas cook that everybody's talking about coming up. I'm just it's a logistics thing for me being down here in Mississippi. I got to figure out a way to get my stuff over there. Do you have any thoughts about getting into that Sam's Club? Well, you know, I, I hate I missed it last year. And then, of course, this year they didn't do the Memphis one that was right here in my backyard. So uh, I missed the deadline. I, didn't, I mean, we, we talked about it, and we try to stay within three or four hours of the house. So it, it's kind of hard unless, you know, we have some other help or someone out there, other team members that want to come on in those areas. But this year it didn't really work out. It's, it's something that I would definitely, if it's close, I would definitely be in it. But. Malcolm Reed joining us here on the show again. The website, howtobbqwrite.com, and his competition website, killerhogs.com, as well. Malcolm, always appreciate the time. Thanks for coming on tonight. Hey, Greg. Thanks for having me, man. Anytime. You got it. There he is. Malcolm Reed, the pitmaster of Killer Hog. Check them out again. A lot of fame coming in for their efforts in Memphis Barbecue Network. And, uh, you know, I'm wondering where MBN will be this year. A lot of teams are, are kind of doing uh, more and more one or the other, or they're when teams that were just strictly Memphis Barbecue Network are now starting to pile in some more KCBS, uh, probably because they're, they're not, not interested in doing MBN anymore. But I think ultimately you look at the number of competitions that KCBS has uh, over MBN, and there's bigger money and bigger payouts out there, which ultimately could lead to more of a growing popularity of the KCBS style of competition. So that was Malcolm Reed. KCBS is on his agenda. Uh, Vegas would be on his sites if he could get out there, and Sam's Club as well. 
KillerHogs.com is the website for his competition cooking team. And HowToBBQWrite.com is the uh, newsletter website. Sign up for it. A lot of great stuff. And uh, he's, he's got one almost coming out once a week. So the content is there as well. Thanks again to Malcolm Reed for coming on. All right. Uh, we are going to do a break here before we wrap up for the second hour. I'm sorry, for the first hour, heading into the second hour. Let me tell you about a great sponsor of the show and a guest that will be on the second hour, Dave Bosco from Butcher Barbecue. Dave is a creator and a manufacturer of one of the most highly rated pork injections and beef injections out there in the competition scene. However, maybe you don't want to inject. That's certainly under your purview if you want to. Maybe you're somebody who just really likes uh, the rub and the sauce. Guess what, fans? You won't be disappointed. Dave makes some huge, hugely great and flavorful rubs. And of course, his sauce is my very favorite. I just uh, got a, a new six-pack in the mail. And no, I didn't get it sent to me. If it's good, I'm going to buy it. I laid out for it. Dave Bosco sauce is a sauce that I will buy long after Dave realizes that Ed advertising on the show was a mistake i'll still buy his sauce it does nothing to i love it and it's going to be in my house it's going to be in my house from here on out because i love it that much i think you would too if you would just go to butcherbbq.com and give it a try what do you have to lose it's very versatile love the flavor love the spice works well with all the other rubs the honey rub and that sauce worked well very well together I had on pork tenderloin last night He's got the honey rub. He's got the premium barbecue rub. He's got that uh, steak and brisket rub, which is absolutely fantastic on any kind of meat. Actually, I don't want to say this out loud, but I actually use it on pot roast when I'm cooking indoor on the slow cooker when everybody is out is out working and i got to make dinner for the night. Great flavor on that. Look, you can't go wrong. I know we talk about the rubs, and, or um, we always talk about the injections and the grill. You're doing yourself and others a disservice if you're not going and trying out the barbecue sauce, the competition sauce, and you're not trying out any and or all of his rubs. Do it. Go to the site, butcherbbq.com. Not only can you get the sauce and the rub and the injections in the grill, but you can get accoutrements. You can get that uh, huge injector syringe if you need it. Just go there. Let your fingers do the walking. Let your eyes feast all over the great stuff. And uh, know the Dave is a trusted online retailer as well. When I ordered my sauce, it was there inside of five business days. It all ships priority. Anything over 55 bucks, it's $7. Anything over that, it's $9. Flat rate shipping. Doesn't get any better than that. All right, we are going to wrap up with the second hour. Coming up next, stand by. We will be right back. interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue, it's the Barbecue Central Show. Who would have thought this music thing was going to go this far? I never asked for this. I never asked for this fast living, the women, the whiskey, craziness. There's whiskey in my soul. Hey, 
Alright, five minutes till we are trying to get this thing back on time since I went a little long with Ed Hamlin and those effects. Uh, evidently, it wasn't my internet connection because Malcolm Reed sounded just fine. So, what can I tell you? Two internet connections. What's the old saying? About football, if you have two quarterbacks, you don't have one. If you have two internet connections, you don't have one. Dave Bosca coming up in the second hour. Patio Daddy BBQ's venerable food blogger, John Dawson, also coming up in the second hour. Let's see. Uh, sh- uh, I'm sorry. Chad, I shaved. It's a new look, Beards for Barbecue. I got sick of doing miles and miles on end on the treadmill, and then my face was sweating, and it was all caught up in my beard face. Let me tell you, uh, my buddy at work, Chris, who is also a beard grower, was pissed, Uh-oh. pissed Uh-oh. when I came in with no beard today. And his is even, his grows out more, so the, he had like a thicket on his face. He was pissed, no doubt about it. Beers for Barbecue was still on, though. Doesn't mean that I'm not hitting it and that we should all be doing it together, but uh, you know, aside from not wanting to have the sweat and all stuck into my face... You know, I mean, you know, Great Plains Barbecue. I'm not going to sit there and argue with what you're saying. What? I like to do other things than just have a radio show, if you know what I mean. Uh-oh. Other things. Right? Right. I think we can all agree on that. All right, email from... Give me one second. Pull this out. John Latuka. <laughs> Here's the subject of this email. Your only fan in Montreal. Is there something I don't know? Nobody in Montreal likes me? Greg, just got back from the Butcher Barbecue class that was held on the weekend. Dave was absolutely awesome. Thanks for suggesting I take his class. Hands down, it was worth every penny. The guy knows beef and pork like nobody's business. And he's also a super nice guy. Have a great show this evening. Look at that. Dave, satisfied customer, and he came from Toronto, which I believe, if I'm looking at a map correctly, is southeast France. Get that big stuff out of here. Let me tell you something. You sit here and say that I only have one fan in Montreal. Wait, was it Montreal? Damn it. Now i got to go back into the trash and look. All mail. Ugh. The hell did I do with it? Did he say Montreal? Somebody help a brother out. Go to all mail, a spam. No, trash. Oh, your only fan from Montreal. Yeah, that's right. Southeast France. Let me tell you something. My next uh, fan better not be speaking any French up in here. It's not that I don't like the French. It's just that I don't like the French. Uh, so thank you, John, for writing in. And there you go. You don't you wonder about what the deal is with these competition barbecues classes? Are they worth every penny? According to a dude who I think Dave's in Oklahoma, flew from southeast France, better known as Montreal, all the way down to Oklahoma. Took the class, said it was worth every penny, and you know he's shocked out now. Class has a nice little price tag on it. I'm sure that plane ticket had a nice little price tag on it. But well worth every penny, according to John. So, John, appreciate you, A, supporting the sponsor of the show by taking his class, 
you got everything that you wanted out of it, perhaps even more. All right, we're going to wrap up the first hour here, and I'll look for you in about 15 seconds after dark. Stick around. We'll be right back. Maddie Rempe from Cleveland, Ohio, and you're listening to Barbecue Central. From my heart and from my hand, why don't people understand my intention? Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Fine, how's it going? <laughs> You have a great show. I'm a big fan. So what? What? What seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead, and he's in the in the crackle. Charbono, it's all about the Charbono, dude. Succulent fish. What? He ate fifty-four wieners. Oh, listen, Laverne, it's shake face. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seeds. <laughs> You could use it to fight off creeping marauders looking to take your steaks off your grills. I just like being anywhere with Junior, Senior, and Diva. Sounds like a whole other type of movie. <laughs> wow, yeah, really. Keep it hot, keep it clean, keep it lubricated. We have top men working on it right now. Who? Top men. All right, we are into the second hour. Hey-yo. In 13 minutes from now, you will hear from the man who came up with CAB rant that made the 2011 year in review show. Dave Bosco from Butcher Barbecue. 35 past this hour, which is 34 min- 32 minutes from now, 33 minutes from now. John Dawson from Patio Daddio BBQ. So stick around for that as well. We're going to be talking to John about his review of Kingsford competition briquettes versus stub briquettes. And he's got a awesome recipe called the Funky Cristo. Obviously has to be some type of a Monte Cristo. Is it called a Monte Cristo? Yeah, Monte Cristo uh, play. So what can I tell you? Look for that. 877-448-0433 if you want to jump in tonight. Greg at the BBQ Central Show.com is the email address. All right, that's Dave's questions here. Let me address this here for the opening segment. This is like the first rant of 20, uh, 2012. I'm very excited. Very excited. All right, here we go. Maybe you didn't know. Breaking news Paula Dean came out with the fact that she's got diabetes. Get that big stuff out of here. Look. Is this news? People are very judgmental. People are very involved in social media and they have ways to communicate their displeasure with people now that they would not have had even five or ten years ago. I could say something that you'd completely disagree with on the show, you can rifle right back at me on my Twitter page. You can do it on my Facebook page. You can leave threatening letters, menacing messages, terrorizing texts, erroneous emails. That didn't work. Get 
Whatever the case may be, you have the ability nowadays to go right to the source and unload, if you will. So Paula Dean comes out, I believe it was was it towards the end of last week. But she has type two the type type two I am French, type two diabetes. Now the people from what I understand or the the majority of people that were upset with this is because she knew for three years. What? That's right. She knew for three years prior what? three years prior to coming out with her revelation last week. So people were pissed that she continues to cook the way she cooks. People were pissed because she signed more TV deals. People were pissed because her oddly close relationship with her sons got them TV shows and book deals and other stuff that these people feel would not have been offered to Paula Dean and her uh, kids otherwise. If she would have come out with this information, somehow she would have... What? Wayne, she has two types of diabetes? What? What? Get that big stuff out of here. There's only one. There's only two types. You can't have more than one. You can't have one and two. <clears throat> People think that she wouldn't have been offered these and that this was somehow... What can I tell you? She's benefited from uh, not telling anybody the shit. I believe that she is so popular that if she would have came out three years ago and said she had diabetes, it would have made one lick of difference. And here's the deal. Oh, the sh- I don't want to say it, but there was a uh, comic called Lavelle Crawford out there on Last Comic Standing. And he has type 2 diabetes. And he did a whole bit about when he went home. And he's like, Mom, I got diabetes. Boy, what's diabetes? I don't know what that is. Oh, it's the, it's the sugar. Oh, got the sugar. If you haven't seen it, Google it. It's awesome. Love Lavelle Crawford. All right, so here's the bottom line, folks. Paula Dean has diabetes. This should come as no shock to anybody. You ever watch her show? You ever watch her ingredients? You ever watch her the fact that she cooks with fat and lard and butter and real cheese and real eggs and cream, whole cream, butter, cheese, nothing light in her menu? How the hell? How the hell is this a surprise? People that are so quick to judge People that are so quick to judge Paula Dean for not coming out three years ago and saying she has diabetes. Who cares? It wouldn't have changed anything. She would have diabetes. Take responsibility. The American public as a society, not everybody, I'm not I'm broad stroking here, but please hear me out. I'm sure most of you will agree because we're more like-minded than we're not. The majority of the consuming public out here in America is so I need to place the blame and will not take accountability for one goddamn thing in their life. It's everybody else's fault all the freaking time. Guess what, people? Reach down, men, between your legs and grab. You got a pair? Those are called testicles. Take responsibility for your actions. She's getting flack for sandbagging the info for three years. Most don't like it because she signed these new TV shows. She made money not telling anyone that she had these diabetes. Look, it's no surprise, again, if you are a fan of Paula Dean, you know she doesn't use healthy choice ingredients. If you're going to cook, 
like she cooks, then you are going to reap what you sow. If you continue to eat fat and lard and full oil and cheese and don't use things like fruit or light or fat-free ingredients, you too will end up with type 2 diabetes, you fat... You fat... This is what happens. If you're not going to diet, if you're not going to eat right, and you're going to use poor ingredients all the time like Paula Dean does, this is what she does. She's the comfort food fanatic. If you eat like she does for 50 years, you're going to have freaking type 2 diabetes. Are you okay with that? Or are you good with that? It's not a shocker. You are an adult, sir or madam. Make your own decisions. Is it shady that she held this info back to gain financially? I guess. I don't even care. She's got a following like no other. She could come out and said that she's half alien. And she would have the same amount of followers that she does now. And the people that are hating keep hating. There's no reason why they're saying it. But this is not a shock to me. It shouldn't be a shock to you either. Let's stop passing the buck here as a society. Let's use this as a seminal moment in our world, in our lives, that we will now not continue to place blame on anybody but ourselves. If we're going to eat like big, fat fox, then we are going to be diseased. That's all there is to it. If you're not going to take action to preserve yourself and you're going to eat big and fat all the time, bad things are going to happen. Look at the population in the United States. We're big and fat. How do you think that happens? You eat like Paula Deen does. And you get type 2 diabetes. And you get high blood pressure. And you stroke out by the time you're 36 and you're dead. If you're good with that, guess what? I'm good with that. That's right, Diane. None of us get out of this alive. Because remember, the minute that we... As a society, we're born, we start to die. That's just the way it is. It's gonna not going to be one thing or another. Let me ask you this question in summary before we break out of here real quick and then raise up Dave Boskin. Do you want to be on your do you want to be on your deathbed not regretting anything that you ate, knowing that you might have eaten like Paula Deen more than you should have? Or would you rather be on your deathbed thinking about how you would have had eight more strips of bacon? or a McPoop sandwich, or double cheeseburger from Wendy's, or a triple cheeseburger from Dairy Queen, or another rack of ribs. Those are the decisions that you, that you have to deal with. I don't want to regret anything. If I want a steak, I'm going to eat a steak. But I'm going to take preparations in order to make sure that I'm doing it in a healthy way. If you don't want to, then don't. I'm good with it, baby. Yeah. That's right, Neil. Die happy. If you can. All right, folks. Uh, let me tell you about Warminster, Pennsylvania. What's what's Warminster, Pennsylvania? What's there? No, it's the barbecue guru, of course. These guys, makers of automatic temperature control devices. And let me tell you something. Maybe you work all the time. But you happen to love barbecue all the time as well. Here's a device that is going to attach to your particular pit. It's going to mind the temperature of the pit for you all by itself. All you have to do is set the temperature you want it to stay at. 
put on your brisket, your pork butt, your ribs, or whatever the case is going to be. Maybe you got a short day, five hours. You can put on a rack of ribs. Turn on your Barbecue Guru automatic temperature control device and let it do the work for you. You can go to work, get a little work in, come back, you have some succulently cooked ribs. Everybody's a winner. Don't anybody sit here and tell you that using a Barbecue Guru is cheating or that it's not real barbecue if something else is monitoring the temperature controls. I mean, of course, I always encourage people to get to know their cookers on the off chance you had to use it without a Guru. But if you like to multitask, if you don't like to be around the cooker all the time, make sure you're making vent adjustments or feeding logs into the fire all the time. You want somebody who's going to make that process of cooking more efficient, then you're going to want to look at the Barbecue Guru line of products. Four models to choose from. You have a ProCom 4 wireless unit. You have a CyberQ2 unit as well. You have a DigiQ DX. You also have a PartyQ. The PartyQ revolutionizing the way that automatic temperature controls are made. It's a single piece. Take it wherever you want to go. It runs on AA batteries. You're typically getting 35, 45 hours in a cook before you have to replace those batteries. It's got an LED readout. You can change it in five-degree increments. Absolutely fabulous, an all-in-one solution that doesn't require power outlets. Obviously, get to know your cooker first. Once you have it down where you can use it without it, then you can look at these Barbecue Guru units, and you're going to be absolutely astounded with how precise they are, with how versatile they are, how they can interact with other multiple cookers, how they graph stuff out on your computer because you're a geek. They got one for every budget. This is where you go. The bbqguru.com thebbqguru.com you can also call them toll free 800-288-GURU 800-288-GURU talk to Bob or talk to Fred talk to anybody out there that is willing to help you make sure that you're getting the right model for your cook Barbecue Guru longest running sponsor of the show 800-288-GURU thebbqguru.com we're coming back with Dave Bosca right after this stick around we'll be right back Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, welcome back. 14 past the hour. A 35 pass, which is going to be about 20 minutes from now. John Dawson from Patio Daddio Barbecue will be joining us. All right, let's go ahead and race over to the hotline. Sponsor of the show, friend of the show, Dave Bosca joining us here. Dave, how are you, buddy? Uh, we're doing good. Got a slight head cold, so I apologize now, but all right. good on this end. Well, I appreciate you. Uh, people don't know this, but Dave, you're doing me a solid because that scumbag Scott Nelson decided to back out on me in the last second. Get that big stuff out of here. He graciously have uh, filled this segment, so I am ever indebted to you for doing this for me, but... Uh, Dave, let's go ahead and review a few things. Before we get into some of the stuff that I want to talk about, Dave, I just had a, a very uh, long-winded rant about Paula Dean and the fact that she's fat and that she cooks with a lot of, I guess, unhealthy ingredients and that this should come as no surprise to anybody that you get diabetes eating this way. Do you have any opinion on that whatsoever? I think she's a great host. I think she brings a great view of Southern cooking to the screen. Um I think it's her business if uh, 
if she's got a sickness and if she wanted to hold it for two years, three years, or, or two days or three days. It's, I mean, heck, it's none of our daggum business what she wants to do. Um, I respect her for what she's already accomplished. Kind of jealous I didn't do it in the first place. Absolutely. Dave Bosca joining us here on the show. ButcherBBQ.com is the website. Dave, if we could kind of look back last year, 2011, you finished third overall KCBS team of the year. If you can kind of look back just as a summatory glance, how did the competition season go for you? What were some of the highs and, and did you have any lows? Yeah, we hit a we hit some lows with our brisket. It started out first of the year. Um, we finished up second in team of the year two years in a row with brisket and was thinking we was going to come out hard and heavy and strong and Oh, man, it was probably July before we got our brisket lined down. Um, did a few tweakings with it and um, finished out real strong. Climbed back up to, I think it was 10th or 11th, and ended up settling at 15th for team of the year in brisket. Um, highs, lows as far as contest, um, they were all good. I mean, heck, um, we always have some we do better at than others. Um, we ended up running seven grands last year. Um, had about... Close to that many in reserve grands, um, but the one thing we struggled with was a little bit of our brisket, um, and that was really about it, but we pulled it back up and kept going. All right, so as we look at your 2011 categories, uh, eighth overall in chicken, notoriously, at least from what pitmasters are telling me, Dave, that this seems to be the hardest category for them to finish consistently weekend in, weekend out on. Eighth overall is, is very good considering the amount of teams that are in there. How did you personally feel about your chicken overall the last year? I like my chicken. It kind of sounds crazy. I started out with a chicken recipe. I just didn't know how it was going to be taken on KCBS, um, but apparently it was taken quite well. Did you do something drastic than what, what the other people are doing? Oh, I'm not going to say drastic. Uh as I said this weekend in the class, I I think the sauce that I use, uh, it's a mixture of my own sauce with some stuff added to it. It's borderline, maybe not barbecue sauce, but uh, yeah, it's, it's, it, it's, I think the secret to chicken is just cooking it well, um, just learning how to cook a chicken well in your pit. Um, worry about your flavors and cooking it well. Don't. Don't hang up on this bite through skin. Don't hang up on bone in or bone out. I mean, hell, if you can't cook and it ain't got good flavor, it's just not going to be good. Dave Bosca joining us here on the show, pitmaster of Butcher Barbecue Competition cooking team. Uh, ribs, you were third overall. Absolutely a fantastic finish out of all these teams. How did you personally feel about the ribs this year, past year? I didn't change not one iota on my ribs from the year before. Um, we were first the year before. We were third this year. And this next year, there ain't going to be nothing changed on them again. Um, that's just the being third. That's just the way the, the numbers fail. Um, congratulations to WQ and um, True Bud. They, they work just as hard as the next person. Glad they glad if I'm going to lose, I'm going to lose to those guys. Are you a, a spare rib guy, Dave, or are you a baby back guy? Spare ribs. I do trim my spare ribs down to St. Louis, but yeah, we're a spare rib person. All right. Uh, pork, shoulder, you finished second overall, so just one from the top spot. Uh, obviously, you're pretty happy with that. 
Yeah, Q and I had a half-running joke about that. He was, kept telling me, stay out of my pork category and I'll stay out of your ribs. Um, uh, but pork was my nemesis in 2010. I ended up, I think it was 39th in pork. And I says, I've got to change my complete flavor profile on that. And we did. And, man, it made a complete change, big time. All right, and then, uh, of course, uh, self-admittedly, brisket was probably your, your least consistent category of 2011. You're finishing 15th overall. When you look at eighth and chicken, third and rib, second and pork, all top tens. 15th brisket out of the top ten. So how are you re-game planning or re-strategizing brisket for the upcoming season? I'm not really going to plan on changing my brisket because, like I said, towards the end of the year it came back. Oh. Um Ran out of contest at the end of the year. I had three more contests I was wanting to do, and I think I could have climbed back into the top ten. Um, I had some mechanical problems with the trailer. Um, coming back from the Jack Daniels, I broke the tongue off on my trailer, and I was having to do stuff out of the back of my pickup. And we did one that way, sitting under an easy up, doing it old school like we did a few years back, and. I decided I wasn't going to travel the countryside cooking under an easy up. Um, so we just we just laid low and said, you know, chips will fall where they fall. Dave Bosca joining us here on the show, pitmaster of Butcher Barbecue. You can find it at butcherbbq.com. Uh, Dave, so as you evaluate all of the categories, you're leading into a new competition season here. Are there any big changes at all that you're going to be doing to any of the flavor profiles or the categories? Or are you just going to kind of stick with what you got and press forward at this point? I'm going to stick with what we got going. Um, the only thing I'm going to tweak just a little bit is the cooker that I'm, I do some of my chicken on. Um, I picked up a, a new grill and I'm going to, I haven't had a chance to really cook on it a lot, but I'm, I'm going to play with that a few times still. What kind of a cooker is it? I picked up a Yoder 480. Um, it's a pellet grill. I cook on a pellet grill now. Um, it's just that. I need something. The pellet grill I got, they don't make anymore, and it's just a single wall. And with any wind at all, it'll fluctuate 40 degrees in temperature. So we picked up a Yoder grill. I say picked up. uh, Don up there has graciously loaned me one for me to try for a few weeks to a month to, to see if I like it before I buy one. And at that point, I'll make my call whether or not that will fit into my, what I want to do. Um, so, but yeah, that's that's what that's all. That's really my only change I'm looking at. All right. So, have you started to plan out what your schedule is going to look like for competitions this year in 2012? Yeah. So far, um, I've got 32 uh, contests on schedule. Um, I'd like to do a few more. Um, I'm actually looking at doing away with some that we did last year. Going to try to fit in some others. I'm going to take a hard look at this team of the year thing and try to strategize if there's any way to strategize um, what's best for me. Um, I don't know what that'll be. I'm going to talk to some folks that's been in this race longer than I have. I'm just going to kind of see what kind of game is played, and, and I'll go from there. Would you like to ultimately win a team of the year, or is that not really huge on the horizon? Oh, I, I – you would probably hear me yelling all the way from Oklahoma if I did something like that. Um, but I think that'd be that'd be just just cool. Yeah, be cool. Now, also included 
huge success of the Sam's Club National Tour last year. That's actually been expanded with some competitions this year, something you're going to be looking to take part in as well? I'm going to cook the local events um, or event. Um, we're going to cook the Midwest City, Oklahoma event. It's just 30 minutes down the road for me. We did that last year, and we didn't make it in. Um, but that all being said, like I just said my last statement, um, I'm going to take a hard look at this team of the year. Anything beyond the local events, they don't count for points. So it's going to take away from a contest that I might use for points. So I'm I'm studying on cooking for their money for the first round and saying thank you very much and stepping back out. Dave Bosca joining us here on the show. All right, Dave, so let's uh, transition a little bit out of you know what's coming up this season. Do you have a favorite, by the way, for, for Team of the Year? Would you like to, to lay out and give us who your opinion might be on who might win this year? Aside from you, okay, of course. Say that again. I said, do, do you have? Say, say that again. Do you have an, an early uh, 2012 team of the year favorite? Aside from yourself, I, I truly think that Swine Assassins was on a, a roll at the end of the year that was going to be hard to beat. We were just 40 some points behind them from third to second. Um, if Rob McGee picks up and picks up where he left off, that's hard to beat. Um, look right where we were at. Uh, um, just everybody. I mean, the top 10 guys, any any one of those, heck, the top 20 guys, any one of those guys can win it at any given time. Um, you can't rule out any of them. Uh, gosh, you know, it's just going to how hard they want to play the game. Uh, if I was to pick anybody um, right now, if I was to take a long shot and go to Vegas with a bet, um, and then it can't be me, I'm, I would have to go with the Swine Assassins. Yeah, good pick, absolutely. Um, had the class last week. I obviously uh, read the email from a guy that flew in from Montreal. Uh, give us a little recap of the class, how you thought it went. Uh, obviously, you did a lot of preparation for it. Things uh, unfold. Did it go according to plan? Did it go better than plan? Things that you like, things you'd like to improve on for the next class? I I really liked... The class, the setting, uh, I worked with our local chamber of commerce. They, they got a building for me. We had, uh, had them all show up at one o'clock in the afternoon. I normally start at noon. I let them tell, I told them that, but for traveling purposes, we started an hour later than normal. Um, we started right in with pork butts, briskets, ribs, uh, trimmed the chicken. Um, we kind of broke and had supper. We fixed a whole hog, some baked uh, barbecue beans, some a potato salad roll, salad. We had the whole fixings there where no one would have to leave. Uh, then went back that evening, um, put the chicken and I'm sorry, uh, put the butts and the briskets on the cooker, finished out the chicken for the evening, told everybody then go on home, be back at 6.30. We had breakfast. We had some homemade sticky buns, sweet cinnamon rolls. Mm. Wife made up a bunch of potato and egg casseroles. Uh, we had had all the beer and sodas and tea and ice that, or ice water they could drink. Um, we ate breakfast, got started at 7 that next morning, um, went nonstop. There's a little downtime in there, but that's what it is at a contest. You hurry up and then you wait. And you hurry up and then you wait. So we had our downtime that Saturday morning while we was waiting on things to cook. Um, but 
uh, everything went right off. Uh, ended just right on time. We went through our turn-ins right like a KCBS turn-in time. Did our boxes, showed them, uh, cut up the food, let them taste it. Um, passed out some certificates to everybody, and shook some hands and said, thanks very much. Are you a complete, here's exactly what I'm doing? Are you holding anything back? I, I got to be honest, Dave. If I was you and I was having the success you're having, I would hold some stuff back just because I, I want to continue to do well. No, no. Um, I think you can ask everybody in the class, and they'll understand. There, if someone asks me a question, heck, the only way I know how to answer it is know what I do. Um, uh, so I told them what we do, when we do, how we do, um, just for the simple fact. And I had two guys in the class that are from right here that we go head to head with all the time. And is it is it disturbing having them sitting there listening to what I'm doing? Well, yeah, it's always on the back of your mind, but you know what? The only way I know how to teach it is know what I do, um, and that, that's all it is. I am a firm believer in the cake mix scenario where, you know what I'm talking about there, don't you, Greg? Yes, sir. Yeah, that's, 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 I'm a firm believer in that. That's the same reason why I came out with my injections, my rubs. I, I used that stuff prior to coming out with it, and if I didn't want anybody else to have it, I would never ever have come out with it, but... Um, I had a lot of people always tell me, well, are you going to take a fallen brisket? Now, no, no, people still got to cook it. Everybody's going to put their tweak of their own recipe into it. And that's where it's been. Um, that's why I look at these classes. Dave Bosco joining us here on the show, butcherbbq.com, the website, kind of recapping the class that he gave this past weekend. A weekend prior to that day, it was the KCBS banquet kind of recapping their very successful year of 2011. Were you a part of the banquet out there? Um, yeah, I say part of. I attended. Um, I had no part in the banquet other than going and eating and attending the rules meeting, things like that. My wife and I flew out. We showed up uh, a little after 1 o'clock on Friday, took in the hotel. I attended the rules meeting. Um, we went over and walked through their gas lap district and ate some supper there and went back to the hotel, and they had a free bar open dinner open drinks that night and did some visiting and went to bed and got up and we did a tour of San Diego the next morning and was honored um and got to go through uh the USS Midway was in uh it's a museum there in dock now and we got to spend a few hours on that and it's just amazing what those sailors have to do mm-hmm. to live in. It's just it's just something else. We only we spent a couple hours there and never even got halfway through it. It's it's just huge. But we went back. I did a little private one-on-one lesson in my hotel room with the team. Um, went to the giveaway of the the contest. They have a free contest giveaways. We attended that and then went to the banquet and went back to the hotel and then got up the next morning and flew home. Was there anybody in particular that you wanted to make sure that you saw or you were able to chat up during that, or you pretty much see everybody during the course of the year anyway? Uh, we do see everybody through the course of the year. Um, always got to, always like to shake hands with, with everybody. Uh, got to rub elbows with Munch and Hog and Swine Assassin and Chick Swine and Bovine and, and all those folks that are, that are in the hunt year after year after year. And, Mike Davis, uh, all those guys, they were all there. So it's, it's it's always cool seeing them all gathered around, not talking barbecue, not worried about talking barbecue, um, talking everything from football to 
um, the crazy people on the corner of the street. So it's always nice just being out and away from it. Was there anything announced during the meeting as far as rules or, or anything else is going to be taking effect this year for KCBS that you thought was a good idea or a bad idea? I did set in on the rules meeting. I only got to get through about the last, I'd say, 50% of it. Um, I did miss some of the topics that are still hot on the... <laughs> Pardon me. Uh-oh. They're still a hot topic. Um, so um, nothing earth-shattering. And were you good with the fact that uh, the people that had been on the show looking to, to get on the board with those elections, were you happy that... Uh, some of those people were elected, and, and how do you think that they're going to be steering the ship, as it were, for the next upcoming year? Well, how they steer the ship, I can't, I, I don't know. Um, but I'm happy with how the elections came out. Um, I'm I'm always glad to see Cooks get in. They represent Cooks. Uh, reps represent Cooks. Um, but until they, people actually get in there and, Source the meat for a week, uh, chase rubs down for the week, uh, pack it all up, go cook, bring it home, clean it up, unpack it, and do it again. People lose sight of other than just organizers and um, the reps and, and the office and the business. It's These guys are going to represent the cooks. They're going to represent KCPS. They're going to represent the contest organizers because they know and understand Without organizers getting um, representation, along with the cooks and along with the judges, it's a big vicious circle. All three of them have got to be represented properly and equally. And without that, if cooks don't show up, organizers don't have a contest, and then judges can't come around either. So it does take all three, and I'm really I'm a firm believer that the four horsemen that were elected truly understand that it takes all three of them to, to make this go around. Dave Bosca is the pit master of Butcher Barbecue. Again, you can find him at butcherbbq.com. Dave, again, I really appreciate you backfilling me tonight uh, in lieu of Scott Nelson, and uh, we'll look for you again soon. Hey, thanks, Greg. I'm always honored to be on your show. Appreciate it. There he is. Dave Bosca, Butcher Barbecue. Boy, did he save my ass. You guys have no idea. All right. John Dawson coming up here shortly. But first, let me tell you about the guy that is a premier retailer of fine jewelry, and he's located right here in Cleveland, Ohio, Willoughby, to be exact. So here's what we got to do. Quickly, I need to go over to his website. Steven... DeFranco.com. Now, Steve has a huge sale going on tonight. I want to make sure that I have his uh, email address, or I'm sorry, that I have the uh, telephone. Because you're going to need to contact him. I hope that says contact. Yeah, here we go. How about this, guys? From now until Valentine's Day, 50% off all Accutron watches. 50% off Accutron watches. It's freaking fascinating. Here's what you have to do. You're going to have to call in to the store. 
number 440-943-2700-440-943-2700. You're going to have to ask for Steve. Then you're going to have to use the term barbecue buddy, or you're going to have to tell him that you listen to the show and you're calling in for the deal. Go to the website right now. Go to Barbecue Central Radio Network's homepage if you want to. Click on the Stephen DeFranco banner. And then it doesn't have to be for men. It can also be for women. There's Accutron watches for women as well. Maybe you uh, are in the doghouse. You need to get out. You can buy a $600 Accutron watch for $300. That's right. It's 50% off. You're not going to be able to beat this pricing anywhere. And you're only going to be able to take advantage until Valentine's Day. And you have to call in to 440-943-2700. You're going to have to ask for Steve. And you're going to have to use the term barbecue buddy. As always, once you find your watch, you'll get that 50% off when you do it like I just told you. You get the free shipping. You get the free engraving, the free batteries for life, free servicing, free engraving if you want to. It's gift wrapped. You can't beat it. Out the door price, if it's a $500 watch, it's $250 plus tax, I suppose. But maybe because it's online, you might not need the tax. I don't know. Otherwise, you're looking at about 6% on top of that. Do it now. I want to see the pictures of all your watches, whether you get them for yourself or your loved ones or whatever the case may be. 50% stephendefranco.com until Valentine's Day. 943-2700. Barbecue Buddy, stand by. Big name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue. It's the Barbecue Central Show. Thirty-seven past the hour, and we are rapidly approaching the end of the show, but we will not be finishing the show properly unless we get with my guy, one of the most popular food blogs related to barbecue and grilling that are out there. We race to the hotline. My friend and yours, but mostly mine, John Dawson, Patio Daddy O BBQ. John, how are you, buddy? I am great, Greg. Thanks for having me back. I appreciate it. Absolutely. My pleasure, John. Appreciate you kind of doing the same thing for Dave, kind of backfilling me for the absence of Scott Nelson, who has work. Give me a break with work. (laughs) Uh, John, you are the creator of PatioDaddyOBBQ.com. Maybe for the people that aren't first time hearing you, how does one get into food blogging and I guess specifically the niche of barbecue and grilling? What sparked you? Well, as far as uh, food blogging in general goes, I really started it as like an online cookbook. I got tired of people saying, hey, I really like that, you know, fill in the blank dish you brought to whatever function and can you send me the recipe and having emails going back and forth. And then somebody would hit me up and say, hey, uh, remember that thing you made two years ago or whatever kind of tasted like this? Could you send me the recipe? And to be honest, in a lot of cases, I hadn't even written down a recipe. I, I kid my wife sometimes that I don't rarely make the same thing the same way twice. So it was really just a way for me to provide my recipes online in, in kind of an easy-to-read fashion and shoot some pictures and 
and kind of offload that responsibility. And then above and beyond that, I'm a, I'm a trained artist and, uh, and I do software development. I'm a web software engineer by day. So it's just kind of a good, kind of a symbiotic thing where I can, I can be creative and do the photography thing. I can do the recipe development thing. I can write, I can do reviews and it's all on the web. So it's something I'm very familiar with. So that's kind of how, go ahead. I was going to say, is it, is it something that you were just putting up there just to do it? Or did you have any aspirations of having it be as successful as it is now? Uh, no, I didn't. I, I literally put it up there just kind of as an experiment. I didn't ever seek to be a blogger, so to speak, and certainly not a food blogger. And then definitely not to the level that it's gone now where it's it's kind of uh, it's kind of pushing the envelope to where it's getting almost to the out-of-control phase as far as having a day job and maintaining the blog and trying to constantly be creative and kind of always on this kind of time crunch where I've got to put stuff up. I try to shoot for one post a week. Uh, I often fail, uh, but that's my goal, and it's getting tougher and tougher to do. Right now I'm backlogged with reviews, and I have to start turning folks away, and I hate to do it, but it just kind of – it's taken on a life of its own, and it's not something I'd ever anticipated. John Dawson from PatioDaddyOBBQ.com joining us here on the show, so kind of dovetailing into recipes and being creative and all this stuff. Um, on the 27th of December, just this past year, you posted something that I, I typically don't want to eat computer screens or paper, as it were, because I printed <laughs> this off. But it's called the Funky, the Funky Cristo. Now, granted, there's a very few handful of restaurants here in the Cleveland area that I would actually go and bother ordering a Monte Cristo. But this is something that is a very unique take on a very classical item. How did you get the inspiration to kind of tell us the, the ingredients, the method, all the good stuff? Well, to be honest with you, I don't know where I got the inspiration from. Uh, a lot of these things just kind of come to me. I could be in a grocery store. I could be reading a cookbook. And so I honestly don't know in this particular case what, what the the genesis of the inspiration was. But all I know is that I needed – it was one of those things. I needed a post. And my daughter happened – we got him an iPad for Christmas. And she was bugging me, Daddy, let's do a video. Let's do a video. And she actually shot me with the iPad just doing an impromptu video as I was making this sandwich in the recipe development phase after I'd had the brainstorm. And so then after I got done with it, she got to eat it. And I said, you know, we should do a video. We should uh, we should do a real video. And so I busted out my little flip HD camera and we shot a, a video and then I edited it together. So um, it's really just a, like you said, it's a funky twist on a classic sandwich. And that's kind of my thing is, I guess, if I have a thing, is taking something that's quote unquote normal and just kind of adding a few twists to it. So it's, you know, it's just sourdough instead of normal bread. Instead of being deep fried, it's uh, basically dipped and treated like French toast after you assemble the sandwich, and it just really turned out really well. And that's kind of it, really. John Dawson joining us here on the show. One of the other things, John, that you did uh, last year that we didn't – I think we were going to talk about this the last time you were on. We were having terrible audio qualities, which we're not having, by the way, tonight. So that's always good. We don't want to overload my uh, single-core capacitor – piece of crap thing like all right uh, you did a review one of the biggest char the biggest sorry charcoal manufacturer out there is kingsford there forever was the blue bag and everybody always is whining and complaining about 
this smells bad when you start it up. This and then recently they've come out with that Kingsford competition briquette. Now, all the while, really, there has been this other alternative, I suppose, known as Stubbs 100% all-natural barbecue charcoal briquette, which I find at my lows. I'm not sure exactly where everybody else finds it, but I know I can get it at lows every day of the week and twice on Sunday. You decided to pit them against each other. So give us the, the breakdown of you know one and the other and how they work out in this burn test. Okay, where this came from is I had done a couple other reviews. I did the old blue bag versus the new blue bag way back when they changed the grooves and all that crazy stuff that was going on. And then when Kingsford rolled out the competition briquettes, I did a comparison of the blue bag versus the competition. And then when I went to Kingsford University and I've uh, I'd gotten some interest in, well, why don't you compare it to some other brands? And then online, like the Barbecue Brethren and what have you. People are saying, hey, how's it compared to Stubbs? You ever thought about doing a review? And these reviews are really long and involved and kind of difficult to do, especially when you want to keep them, you know, kind of as I, the way I like to think of it is consumer reports like as I can, where I want to be as straight up and as honest as I can and repeat and do a repeatable process. It's yep. really hard to do all that. So literally that's just it. I just took the two bags. They're both off the shelf bags. I went on the same day, bought the bags, one at Lowe's, like you said, the Stubbs. And the Kingsford, I got at a local grocery store because Home Depot doesn't carry it anymore and Costco doesn't carry it off-season. And I literally just did the blow-by-blow, weighed the briquettes, you know, one brick, five bricks, ten bricks, and then did a whole three-hour burn test just just to see, you know, where it all shakes out. And uh, and surprisingly, um, the temperature profile was pretty close. I mean, they were were neck-and-neck for the most part. And then the stubs, uh, the ash was just kind of overwhelming. I, I couldn't, honestly couldn't believe how much ash there was. And not only that, but how well the ash actually stuck together in briquette form was just kind of odd. So there you have it. So if you were out to buy charcoal one way or the other, you're going to be more apt to buy a Kingsford briquette or, uh, I mean, would you would you buy stubs? Um, you know what? I'll just be really honest. I, I'm in partnership with Kingsford at their grilling.com site. That doesn't mean I'm like a, a corporate sellout, but I will say that I was raised on Kingsford. I've used Kingsford when I competed. It's never done me wrong. And so quite honestly, I've never seen a reason to change. I tried the rancher thing. The rancher was good. Uh, and then of course their distribution problems that kind of basically fell off the map and the stubs. Um, I used the rest of the bag. And so, yeah, I did use it. Would I go seek it out? Um, in my case, no, I wouldn't. Um, primarily because I don't have a Lowe's as nearly as close by me as I do a Home Depot or a Costco. So for me, it's just a it's a convenience thing. And also, I'll just be honest, I'm loyal to Kingsford, not, and I was loyal to them before I did any work with them. And they've just never done me wrong. So, and I think their their track record on the competition circuit kind of speaks for itself. So, that's where I'm at. John Dawson joining us here on the show. Patio Daddyo BBQ dot com is the website. John, you uh, dabble in competition. You're obviously a backyard cook as well. What kind of cookers do you have at home and, and are using? Well, as far as if you're speaking strictly of barbecue, um, oh, just in general, cook- doesn't we don't have to discriminate. Okay. Right. Well, I'll just kind of break it down. For barbecue, either low and slow or more um, more increasingly lately, hotter and faster, I used, I have two UDSs, Ugly Drum Smokers, that I built myself. 
I use those in competition since the 2008 season. They've been great for me. I've got a 18 inch, 18 and a half inch WSM on the back porch that literally I haven't lit in two years, two and a half years. And I've got what I call Black Betty, which is an old uh, non-firebox non smoke and pit pro from Brinkman way back before they went to China and they turned all cheap. I bought it at Costco, I think, like 17 years ago or something like that. And that thing is still going strong. I did a full frame off, if you will, restore on that thing um, two years ago or coming up on two years ago. And, and then I've got a new uh, Element gas grill and my first ever... Um, gas grill, if you will. Charbroil sent me one of their, one of their, uh, what do they call it? The, uh, whatever their gas smoker the, cooker the, thing is. Oh, the the Big Easy. <laughs> yeah, the Big Easy. Yep. They sent me one of those to use, and it's quite honestly rusting out on my back porch, fixing to find a home at the, the <laughs> at the uh, landfill here shortly. <laughs> to, to be totally honest. What didn't? And this uh, element was it not good? Go ahead. Oh, it was good, but, you know, I don't think it's any secret that Charbroil doesn't make, uh, shall we say, uh, the best top-of-the-line stuff in the world. What? And it's just, it's literally rusting apart. Wow. So, the, the bolts are falling off the lid. What? I've had to replace them. It's just, it's in bad shape. So, it's going to, it's going to meet its uh, demise at the landfill shortly. Nice. <laughs> and I got this new element. Um it's just a 21 and a half inch uh, gas grill. It's made by Fuego, and it was a, some, just something, a fluke that I, it was my birthday, and I decided, hey, I'm going to give myself a birthday present. It was on sale for like, I don't know, something crazy, like 55% off or something. And, uh, and I like a gas grill just for the nights that I come home from work. I just want to burn a burger, or I just want to do some hot dogs for the kids. I don't want to deal with, you know, filling up a chimney and building a fire and all that crap. And so I think a gas grill has its place. And then I've got a big old huge Mambo by or uh, uh, River Grill that's uh, it's kind of like a spin on a imagine a, a a Weber Ranch kettle without the lid. Wow! Um, so it's just a big monster of a grill, and I bought that for a, a deal that I was doing with Bush's Beans, where I had to feed a whole crowd for a, a tailgate party. So it was kind of a one-time use thing that I've used a bunch since then. So that's kind of what the stable looks like. Do you use one kind of a cooker over the other? Are you pretty across the board, depending on whatever it is that you're using, you will go to station B or station C? If it's barbecue, I'm almost always going to go. Uh, if I have the time and it's the weekend and I'm not rushed, I will do the UDS thing, which I absolutely love. I mean, if I had to pick one cooker and say take the rest of them away, I would stick with the UDS. Um, in actuality, I, I kind of call them a, uh, an ugly smoky mountain, a USM, because I put a water pan in mine so I can do the full-on. You know, I had a 22-inch uh, smoky mountain before they were cool is kind of like what I like to tell people because I just got tired of the fat dripping in the coals, and it was just too much of an old-school flavor for me, so I just kind of adapted. And so that's my go-to for barbecue. For grilling, like I said, if it's a weeknight and I'm in a hurry, I'll do the gas thing. Um, and then other than that, uh, uh, Black Betty, she fills in when I'm doing things like, you know, just a quick pork tenderloin or kind of a mid mid to short cook. Um, but I've been known to, to do long cooks on her too. So it just depends on what I'm feeling like and how much time I have and how much hassle I want to deal with. Any competitions lined up for the 2012 season, John, for Patio Daniel? 
Oh, that's interesting. I am kind of in a, bar, a Brett Favre style retirement from <laughs> from competition after the 2010 season. And usually when I say that, people say, well, how come you don't compete anymore? And so I'll just be honest and say it wasn't fun for me anymore. And in one of my barbecue competition, barbecue 101 posts, I, I put in there as a bullet point when it quits being when it stops being fun, you need to find a new hobby. And so for me, you know, kind of the, the death knell was when you're dreading sending in the entry form, you're dreading writing the check for the entry form, you're dreading loading up all the crap, you're dreading buying the meat, you're dreading driving to the competition, you're dreading setting up, tearing down, turning in, and then you just can't wait to get home. It's just that's kind of like a big flashing neon sign, a big football field sized tea leaf that maybe you need to find something new to do. So um, the way the way I look at it is it, it quit being fun for a variety of reasons and we can get into that if you want. But uh, the, the bottom line is, you know, I have I have some partnerships that I'm fortunate enough to have and I get to basically get paid to cook when I cook, when I want, what I want, how I want and get to make money every single time. So with no entry fees and no BS. So there you have it. Sounds good to me. Uh, you can find him <laughs> at patiodaddyobbq.com. He is John Dawson, so be sure to check him out. He does update his blog very regularly with excellent posts. John, always appreciate the time. Thanks for coming on tonight. Hey, thanks, buddy. Appreciate right. it. Take it. Got John Dawson. Again, his website, patiodaddyobbq.com. Check it out. All right, gang, last spot of the night. We talk about pellet cookers. Uh, Dave Bosca is using a pellet cooker. I have recently gotten my hands on a pellet cooker called Grilla. Um, the, many people out there are using pellet grills right now, whether it be in the backyard, whether it be on the competition cooking scene. They are becoming more and more popular by the day. And look, how could you not want to have one of these things? They're very convenient. You can cook at a multitude of different temperatures. But the one thing that you have to get right, right off the start, is to make sure that you are using a quality pellet fuel. And that's why I only endorse Barbecuers Delight Wood Pellets. You can find them at BBQRS Delight, D-E-L-I-G-H-T, BBQersDelight.com. Made with only the finest flavor woods, made with only the finest based woods. It's a mixture that has worked for years and years and years for Candy Weaver and her two brothers that are the owners of Barbecuers Delight. Two-thirds oak for base, heat BTUs, one-third flavor wood to give it that succulent smoke that your meat is craving. It's got all the traditional flavors. You have apple, you have hickory, you have oak, maple, pecan. Pecan's big in competitions now. you got to get some pecan. Then you have some more outside-the-box options like spike sassafras, savory herb, wine-infused oak, dare I say charcoal. What? I said charcoal. <laughs> Believe it or not, in my Gorilla Hopper right now, I have one-third. Let's see, it's a 20-pound hopper, so one-third of that is... Like, uh, what, six pounds-ish? Seven pounds almost? One-third charcoal pellets, one-third apple pellets, one-third hickory pellets. And I used it last night when I did the pork tenderloins, and they were absolutely fabulous. Uh, Low break, they ship well, fairly priced, 
and widely considered to be the pellet to get, whether you have a backyard cooker, whether you have a competition cooker, or whether you have a commercial-style cooker in your backyard or in your barbecue restaurant. Candy Weaver is the one to deal with. BBQRS. BBQRSdelight.com. Hook up now. 40-pound bags, multitude, uh, one-pound bags, sampler packs. If you want it, Candy's got it, and she'll hook you up. BBQRSdelight.com. We'll be back to wrap up this show in 10 seconds. Smoke. Call 877-448-0433 to get on the air. Now, here's your host, Greg Rampey. Four minutes till the top of the hour, wrapping up here. Hey, thanks for coming along, by the way, tonight. Appreciate it. I want to thank my guests tonight. You would know them as... Ed Hamlin from the Grill Plate. We did have some technical difficulties over there, so I apologize for that. Also, Malcolm Reed talked about buying cookers for the first time. A lot of things to take into consideration there. And we talked with Dave Bosco from ButcherBBQ.com. And we also just uh, finished up with John Dawson from PatioDaddyoBBQ.com. He broke down a little review of the Kingsford competition versus Stubbs Briquette. If you have a chance to go to the website, look through the archives, that's actually a great post to read because John took a lot of pictures and showed a lot of his methodology when it came to actually making sure that he was measuring out the same weights for each and putting them in pie plates and putting a certain number of vents in there so to really can be able to have a controlled environment to properly gauge how they're burning and where they started to fail, I suppose. And the competition Kingsford Briquettes went out. Probably no surprise there. Um, I have been a fan of Stubbs for quite some time, but unlike John, who has a Home Depot closer and a Costco's closer to Lowe's, I'm probably equal distance. So to me, if I'm closer to the Home Depot, it's going to be charcoal briquettes from Kingsford that night on the competition style. If I happen to be in Willoughby and I'm closer to the Lowe's, then I'm probably going to get the Stubbs briquettes. Uh, I will agree that they ash more than the competition briquettes do for Kingsford. That's just nature of the beast. You're never going to get a true hardwood lump briquette that isn't still going to ash in some degree or fashion like a regular charcoal charcoal briquette. That's the biggest bitch that you're always going to get. Too much ash. Too much ash. What can I tell you? Also, that funky Christo. I'm going to keep this print out. Let me see if I can. This is the uh, funky Christo that uh, John made. Look at that thing. Oh, so good. I'm going to try that out. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. All right, here we go. Let's wrap it up. First of all, a huge show already packed for next week. Scott Nelson will be in whether he likes it or not. Robin Lindars is in next week as well. Also, Derek Riches, bbq.about.com, makes his triumphant return first of the year. So jam-packed show. 
Uh, again, thanks to Ed Hamlin, grillinnovations.com. Send him your challenges. He wants to cook it, and he'll take pictures of it and show you. Thanks to Malcolm Reed, Killer Hogs, howtobbqright.com, how to purchase your first cooker. Dave Bosco, Butcher BBQ, going over his 2011 season, what he has looking forward to this coming year, and his cooking class that took class this past weekend. Also broke down a little bit of the KCBS banquet from a couple weeks ago, and John Dawson. PatioDaddyOBBQ.com, Funk Cristo, talking about some of his cookers and that review on the Kingsford competition for cats versus stubber cats. Let me help to remind you to control the rusty grill grate population. If you have raw cast iron and you use it, every time it starts to cool down after you've brushed it off, hit it with a little Pam, maybe a little Crisco, let it burn back in, give you years of rust-free maintenance each and every time. Protect them. They serve you well. You might as well give them a little love and affection. Also, September 11, 2001, I will never forget. Until next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, this is your program host and proud U.S. American Greg Rempe. Good night now.